Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. 11 minutes after 10 o'clock, you're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening and the honor and the pleasure of your company. Really do appreciate it. Did you listen to the medium-term budget policy statements at all today? What stood out for you there? Some worrying figures, and we're going to go through that this evening. Mielanim Kabela, economist and founding director and CEO of uh, Antwisa Management Group, joins us. Uh, Mielani, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Welcome to Night Talk. Uh, good evening, and the listeners of uh, SAFM. Yeah, look, I, I I want us to have a conversation here, sp- speaking about uh, you know the domestic outlook before we really speak about the minutiae of the figures, right? And I think it's important that we have uh, an appreciation for the domestic outlook in comparison, at least, to the global outlook before we speak about uh, the, the the I guess the indexes that make up our economic performance. The global outlook is that there is an economic downturn globally. Economic growth globally slowing down, going from 3.5% revised downwards by the International Monetary Fund to 3%. A 0.5% economic downturn uh, is, is, is a significant one. In fact, for next year, they forecast a 2.9% a further downturn. That means we could soon be speaking about another global recession, right? Uh, and this is without the uh, machinations of a, a, a you know a COVID-19, for instance. China, for instance, our biggest trade partner, they too have experienced slower economic growth. But that means domestically, we're talking about less than 1% economic growth year on year. And that for me is particularly worrying. Um, we are told that we're back to pre-COVID-19 levels of economic growth, but it's still below a 1% economic growth. In real terms, we're not talking about economic growth in South Africa. In real terms, we're talking about a stagnant economy, are we not? Uh, certainly, uh, uh, you are correct uh, in uh, putting a proposition uh, at that level. Uh, we always, uh, global challenges will be there uh, continuously. There is no president all over the world that will lead or a finance minister that will lead all over the world that will not really uh, that will finish a term without experiencing um, uh, challenges, whether it could be economic or whether it's health, uh, whatever challenge, but like, you know, in every term uh, and in every 10 years, challenges like are there, but what strengthens economies is to adapt or to be resilient enough so that when there are these types of challenges, they adapt to them. Uh, and then not struggle mainly more than 18 months after a crisis. So when you struggle more than 18 months in a crisis, it means uh, you don't have a viable system models probably that could make your economy to adapt to challenges or uh, to complexities that will be happening. And I think such you can be starting to see with the South African economy because uh, 2020 we experienced uh, uh, the global health crisis and it's still affecting the South African economy now uh, in a way that you will say uh, we are not seeing the economy to be growing as expected or it's stagnated. And then we are not seeing the economy to be creating jobs as expected. And the cause of that, one, it can be uh, 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 issues that uh, relate to uh, human capital, uh, 
yeah. uh, or competent human capital. Two, it will be a meritocratic uh, like leadership. Three, it could be what we call an archetype of growth and underinvestment. So when you are even expected to have growth, but if there is no investment, there is nothing that will be fueling that growth. Yeah. So these three elements, I look at them affecting our domestic economy, regardless of the uh, global crisis that we are experiencing. But the shortfall that we are having a problem with is those three elements that I'm indicating. Yeah. And that are the ones that are causing the South African economy to grow with less than 1%, which yeah. is not expected for a big economy like South Africa. Yeah, let's get into the, the details of the fiscal outlook. Uh, we're talking here of a rising annual budget deficit um, that forces governments to borrow an average of 553 billion rand per annum over the medium term. What that means uh, as, as, as a, for debt servicing costs as a budget line item is that debt servicing costs go from 20% of our budget, uh, 20.7% to 22.1% uh, of our budget. That's what, a 1.6%, 1.4% spike in in, in debt service cost over the medium term. And we're talking here about annual interest costs amounting to 1.3 trillion rand. It's it's, it's unsustainable. We spend more money on debt service costs than any other blind item in our budget. And yet, we're going to be borrowing more. In fact, the projection uh, over the medium term is that uh, we'll borrow 5.2 trillion in the next financial year and we'll borrow 6 trillion rand, or at least our debt will reach 6 trillion rand, my apologies, in, 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 in the fiscal thereafter. It, it, at some point, it's going to have to, we're going to have to talk about the, the, burst, of the, of <clears throat> the burst of the debt bubble. Uh, if, 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 if we're borrowing significantly more than we make and we spend more than we make, at some point, we have to say that this is an economy we have to declare insolvent. I mean, if any business was operating on these terms, we would declare that business as insolvent, right? But we can't do that to a country. What sense do we make thereof as far as our fiscal outlook over the medium term is concerned? So, like, when we look on uh, uh, the $5.2 trillion, uh, in 20. Uh, 2023, 2024, uh, and then you as well look at six trillion at 2025, 2026. I think that it is a sign that we are starting to uh, we have reached a level where we can manage our debt, so our government debt, mm. and that become a risk. So when investors look at the country, they will look at growth, economic growth of the country. Our country is not growing. So if we are adding debt while the country is not growing, uh, it will mean that we are not going to have funds to repay the debt. That is one aspect. The second part is, uh, 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 you know, like... uh, uh, I would say growth is one part, and then the second part is uh, our uh, government debt to GDP. Yeah. So these two elements, it will make South Africa not to be getting more invest, uh, investors attracted to the economy, and which we can be stuck in this stagnation probably even for the next uh, 10 years if things are not really uh, understood, because it seems like uh, leadership is failing to understand the challenge 
so that they can come with a solution. If they are seeing the challenge and not being able to come with a solution, it, it comes back to that part of uh, competent human capital and uh, meritocratic uh, leadership, which is a fault. But the, the, the crisis that we are going to experience here is it's a state that could not really be turned around yeah. any time soon because our debt is getting into around 85 to 90%. And when our government debt to GDP is 85%, to 90 percent, it will be impossible for money to be allocated to critical infrastructure and industrial development. And if you look at the statement that I'm making, and then you look on the uh, special economic zones that were approved from 2012, you will find that the special economic zones that should have been, uh, been integrated in the South African economy, they are still not working now. Yeah, yeah. We are still relying on the IDZ that has been there uh, uh, in the leadership of Tawombeki. But when you look on the government debt that was taken in the second 15 years of democracy, you find that the government debt that has been taken to uh, fund the South African economy, you can't really trace as to what are we using our debt uh, 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 and the revenue for in this second 15 years because the progress is if you are taking such massive debt but unemployment as well is increasing so you have debt that government debt that is increasing economic growth that is going down but unemployment uh, is is rising such is a fallacy that you will understand why you are if you are an individual you are borrowing money uh, uh, you are aiming to buy a car, but the car doesn't reach home, or a house doesn't, yeah. uh, you don't get to buy a house. So you, we, we, we don't have a circle of the resources that we are building with this debt. It's more of a consumption, and as well, it's not managed well. And that becomes a problem that sits with uh, National Treasury. Uh, and uh, I think that part, I think the country might be struggling so much with national treasury to a level where I could say the country needs uh, uh, to start by working on national treasury, get to have uh, a minister yeah. that probably could understand the country and how to allocate uh, funding. And the, the last example that I can share with you is as well on allocation. You find that uh, in the division of revenue formula, the division of revenue formula is a funding much of the national government. So when you go to the division of revenue formula is government, uh, 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 so uh, um, uh, the division of revenue must focus, uh, sorry, uh, the division of revenue uh, focuses on uh, national government to be getting 40, uh, 48%. And then you look on uh, national department uh, uh, 42.1% uh, and uh, uh, municipalities 4 point, sorry, uh, 48% to national government, 42.1% uh, to provinces and 9.9% to local government. But people are living in local municipalities. How on earth we can have less allocation where people are living and where projects must be uh, placed at? 
which is uh, this decentralized, uh, decentralized uh, industrial development, decentralized agriculture. But all these programs, funds are lying into the national government. I think that is one aspect that you find that the flow of money doesn't get to go to the, uh, where it is supposed to uh, yeah. reach, which is the farms in the local municipalities. So, so, so let's speak about the national government. Yeah, let's speak about that expenditure pattern because I think uh, it it, yes. it raises some interesting questions, particularly over the medium term, right? Uh, of course, yeah. we're going to go through some more, uh, uh, you know, fiscal consolidation. What effectively what we're talking about here is is, is is austerity, and the expenditure adjustment over the medium term that we heard about today is expenditure that's revised down for this fiscal year by twenty one billion rand. That means. Yet whatever the budget was, it has to be cut down by 21 billion rand, and that's going to be done through uh, cost containment. And then we're looking at a further 64% of 64 billion rand uh, cost containment reduction over the uh, next fiscal 24-25, and uh, an additional 69 billion rand uh, uh, cost containment reduction in, in, in the financial year 25-26. Um, what that means is that there's less money for the sort of things that we heavily spend on, right? Uh, but somehow funding has been kept. Uh, the funding that's been uh, uh, allocated for health and education seemingly remains uh, untouched. 34 billion rand continues to be made available for the social relief of distress grant, the 350 rand grant, for at least another year until the policy is finalized. Taking that into consideration, and, and at least those con- cost containment uh, revisions, uh, in what ways, Mielani, do you think it, it, it remains prudent for National Treasury and the Minister of Finance to relook? our uh, fiscal expenditure priorities in ways that make sense for our first current fiscal climate. In other words, I'm asking you this. If you had to make the books balance, uh, what would you cut and what would you spend on? Um, uh, when you look on our expenditure, even if we are uh, going to be having um, uh, a revised, uh, um, uh, uh, like a revised uh, down spending of $21 billion, but when you go and look at one of the critical items that I can uh, bring it uh, to you, it's, uh, there will be an increase of around uh, 24 billion uh, this year and uh, 74 uh, 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 billion over the medium term uh, f- uh, to fund uh, uh, like wages. Yeah. Uh, so, so when you look at that part, even if we are cutting spending, but there is additional budget that is gonna be funding wages. I think the problem that we have in government uh, in South Africa is when you look on revenue, our revenue seems to be funding government employees. Mm. And when revenue is funding government employees and not funding projects, the country will not experience growth because then you find the investment is just to be giving people salaries. Uh, and then more of that revenue, if you look at it in the division of a revenue formula, it is in the national government and the provincial government. And when you look at that, these are two senior employees uh, that are very high and they are not related into service delivery that is attached with the people. I think that is one is the problem. And the second part is uh, um, high-paid employees at state-owned enterprises. These two elements are the ones that are making the revenue of South Africa uh, 
not to balance. And if we can manage to cut um, 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 a government into a lean a government a strategy, then we'll be having surplus in some of the allocations that we are having, and then it will fund projects. But it seems like now, as the budget comes, it goes to employees, and then uh, it gets to be uh, swallowed with that, and we are left with nothing. Uh, because now it's government employees, and then we are having uh, this uh, uh, debt 4, point, uh, uh, four plus a trillion, and that will be 5 plus and 6 a trillion in 20, uh, 2024 and 2025. It will tell you that if we don't restructure these two elements, we are not going to manage to run this economy. And as well, investors, as the government debt uh, increases, investors are not going to uh, be attracted to our economy because they will be scared. So these are some of the things that will cause uh, problems. Not only this year, we are going to have problems in the next uh, uh, five years. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the costs are mainly on the revenue of um, SOE employees and uh, government uh, employees. I think that is the biggest cost that we are having as government. Uh, other to that, it could be the mismanagement of funds, whether it could be in, uh, uh, in different departments, you know, in relation to uh, whether it could be petty, uh, petty cash management, uh, internal control, all those like issues as well. You find that like the, uh, the state accountants hasn't got to be doing that well. So the mismanagement of funds that happens in that and the amounts that are being lost at that areas are creating additional elements that yeah. need I mean, to be uh, 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 improved on. I mean, uh, this is a speculative question, but if we were to trim the fat, so to speak, right, and 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 yeah. stop the bleeding. Uh, in, in what you call, you know, I, I guess the petty cash kitty, or more poignantly, as somebody on Twitter had just asked me, uh, a tweet I received there from Atli Khor, who says, Oliver, I'd like to know how much the government spends on catering and bottled water for meetings and other events. Shouldn't be that the first thing to cut. If you were to trim the fat, so to speak, that seemingly is not enough to rescue the fiscal hole that we're in. Yeah, it becomes uh, it, it becomes a lot of money if, or you know, like when you look at how many departments do we have? No, only in how many ministers do we have in national uh, department uh, and subdivisions to that? And then you go to the provincial government subdivisions to that, and then you go to the local government. If internal control is not aligned in uh, all spheres of government. Uh, that will, uh, you know, uh, the mess that you are seeing in municipalities having only uh, 10 to 27 municipalities uh, having uh, uh, good audits, and then the rest of uh, 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 the, the, the balance of the 257 municipalities struggling to report and give a, a better, uh, uh, you know, financial results uh, for the year. It is the cost of what I'm, like yeah. I'm indicating, which is internal, uh, internal control. If that is not done well, even if you have procurement and you have anything, the budget that is allocated to dep uh, different departments, it could continue to be a mess because the accounting uh, departments that are supposed to be managing the funds in each and every unit is not able to do uh, their work in the, in the way that they are expected. 
uh, and uh, that will make uh, reporting to be wrong. So you, you can't really report uh, well from municipalities, provinces, and national government. And uh, the fail in audit is uh, what I'm relating to that uh, is poor internal uh, uh, control. So that can be a, a, a big factor. But the most important thing is to cut government to be a lean government. I think uh, we are a small economy. If we can be left with less than 15 ministers, yeah. uh, that could be a practical uh, government that our revenue can manage. We can manage to have uh, about 80-something uh, departments in a small economy where even big economies are not having more than 12 departments. Yeah. I think that is a problem that we are having. Renting a lot of buildings, paying a lot of uh, municipal, uh, sorry, um, a lot of like uh, ministers, directors, uh, DDGs, it's a lot that our budget can manage. Uh, it's not really post-COVID, but from uh, 2010, you can see that our budget is struggling to cover that. Yeah. And additional debt that we are taking, it is mainly to attend to if um, a, a government wages was, uh, was supposed to be reduced, uh, we were not supposed to be having this additional amount year on year that uh, we are uh, continuously yeah. asking a debt, whether it's uh, international or uh, whatsoever. Yeah, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. Mielan Mkabela, uh, economist and CEO of Ntwasisa uh, Management Group. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Appreciate it. Thanks and the listeners.